Hi, everybody. This is Helena Hart. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help shift your vibe and radiate self-love so you'll naturally attract the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm talking with Chelsea Rose again, my very good friend and fellow coach. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Helena. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. I see lots of ladies already in the chat. So hi to Tiffany, Teresa, Donna, Angela, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm very sick today. So I know I don't sound great. and I'm very medicated and out of it. So hopefully, Chelsea, you could do most of the talking today. For those of you who aren't familiar with Chelsea, she's a feminine energy love and success coach for women. And we have a fantastic topic for everyone today. Chelsea and I were just chatting about the fact that we've been hearing from so many women lately who are really confused and up in their heads and feeling like they need to follow some sort of list of rules when it comes to dating and relationships. Chelsea, I would love to hear your take on that before we dive into this topic today, because hopefully what we're going to share will help clarify all of this for you (laughs) and help you feel less confused when it comes to your love life, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. This is something I'm so passionate about and I'm so grateful for the opportunity for us to have this episode. And I really am looking forward to hearing everybody's feedback because I feel like you could probably relate to this a lot too, Helena, that the women who we attract are women who have had heartbreak, right? They've gone through some painful stuff or undesirable stuff in their love life. And so they're coming to this work with such beautiful intentions to not repeat the same patterns. And Obviously, that's what Helena and I are here to help you do. Change those patterns so that you can attract the love relationship that you want and the self-love that you crave and all of that. But the issue is that women start to think that they have to memorize all of these rules. And that's really not it. And, And what happens is it gets women so in their heads and disconnects them from their true feelings and really that is your most important asset. When you date, you have to know, I mean, that is your feminine energy is how do I feel right now? Like, what is my intuition saying? And so obviously I think Helena and I both have several guidelines we recommend to avoid common pitfalls in the dating process, but they're by no means like rigid rules, right? And they're never to override or be more important than your gut, right? And what feels good to you. Yes, I can go on and on, but I'll pause there and see what you're thinking, Helena. So true. I am very excited to dive into this and we would love to hear from everyone. So if you have any questions about this topic, feel free to type them into the chat. And if you're listening live with us, you'll see in the episode details, a link to book a consultation call with Chelsea, if you're interested in private coaching, which I know I get requests for that all the time. I refer so many amazing women to you, Chelsea, from my community all the time. I'm so happy that you're offering this free to women in my community who are looking to hire a coach. Is there anything you want to say about that quickly before we get started? Yes. So the main way that I support you now is in my program, The Feminine Way to Ravishing Love. And it's exactly in alignment with this topic. And it's really about empowering you to distinguish like what's the noise, what's the fear, and what's your truth so that you know exactly the right steps to take in any situation that presents itself as you date. And that is ultimately what allows you to get into the right relationship for you, that lasting, romantic, passionate, partnership that you crave. And so I'm super excited to talk to any of you who are interested in working with me. And just like Helena just said, it's a free consultation call and I'll share with you all the details and answer any questions you might have. And we'll see if it's a good fit. 
Perfect. So we'll talk more about that at the end of this episode, but I just wanted to mention that before I forgot, if you're listening to the replay of this, that will be the first link in the show notes or episode details. So let's dive in, Chelsea. I see a good amount of people joining us live now. I can't wait to hear everyone's experiences with this. What do you see as some common struggles or challenges? Like if a woman comes to you, how does she know if she's in her head or feeling confused or feeling like she has to follow some list of rules when it comes to her love life? Yes. I think you can relate to this, that it makes you feel anxious. It makes you feel almost like a deer in the headlights. Like, what do I do? This man just sent me this message, or this man just invited me on a dinner date for the first date. What do I do? Do I say yes? Do I say no? Or when I go on dates, I never know what to say. What should I ask? Like, give me a list of questions to ask a man on a first date and <laughs> stuff like that. Mm, yes. yes. Range from There's so many examples of how this shows up. And like I said, it's coming from great intentions and there are very helpful tips that both you and I, I know, share with women on how to navigate those things. But the question that I always end up responding back with, like I'll give my two cents of what I think might work for someone, but then I always ask my clients, okay, what would feel good to you? (laughs) And that's like kind of an annoying response sometimes to help break that habit. But what feels good to you? That is one of the most powerful questions you could ever ask yourself. And usually when I ask women that question, they know right away the answer, which is really interesting because it's like they start off in this place of like, what do I do? What do I do? How do I navigate this situation? And then just by tuning inward for a moment and paying attention to what's going on in your body and in your heart, an answer will come rather quickly. I'm curious if you relate to that, Helena, and anyone listening, tell us in the chat if you can relate to that. Definitely. I know I hear from women all the time who get very anxious and confused, understandably, or up in their heads about maybe when to sleep with a guy, when to become exclusive with a guy. I hear from women who say, he asked me to be exclusive, but we've only been dating eight weeks. Is that too soon? Should I give it another month? Someone told me you should wait 90 days (laughs) before sleeping with a guy or before becoming exclusive. Or they ask, were you dating other guys when you met your husband? And we could share some personal examples of where we personally didn't follow (laughs) the rules of maybe what other people have said. We've just followed our hearts and what we knew to be true for us and how that worked out. If anyone's interested in that, maybe we could talk about that later in this episode. But yeah, I hear from women who think that they should follow some kind of strict guidelines. And I do think if you're new to this work and you have a problem trusting yourself because you've let men walk all over you in the past, or you have a history of breaking your own boundaries in the face of strong chemistry or attraction with a man, for example, sometimes it's like training wheels, right? It's okay to have rules. The example coming to me is the whole feminine energy thing. And we've talked about this in other live streams, Chelsea, the fact that People think feminine energy just means always leaning back, never being able to reach out to a guy, never being able to initiate contact. And it's just simply not true. I think that's a really good example. Is there anything you want to say about that? I know you have some great material on that specifically. Yeah. I love that example. Yeah. And when it comes to texting, for example, it's like, I always have to tell my clients, how would it feel if you sent that text, right? Like if they are wanting to reach out to a man, they are wanting to send a selfie or they're wanting to ask him a question or whatever the thing is. Let's say that a woman is practicing paying attention to what feels good to her. And she has this idea of what she wants to send a man. Then I always ask them, okay, I want you to imagine that you've sent that. How does that feel? 
right? Like, are you going to be, are you going to be staring at your phone for the next five hours? If you send that text, then that's probably not going to feel good. So then that case, I would say, don't send it. Right. But it is so easy with the feminine energy work to put a set of rigid rules on ourselves, like never be loud, never be expressive. Like there's actually so much like sorry to cuss on this podcast, but like so much crap. I know that that's like a super popular, but there's so much crap at this point. So many, I think, misconceptions floating around on the internet and that coaches are teaching, none of which we're associated with, obviously, for everyone listening, but that teach like all sorts of manipulation tactics or just like putting these restrictions on your self-expression so that you can hook a guy and like manipulate him into chasing you and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's really that's just another toxic way of being. And it's so important to just like my message. And I feel like what my work is really about is bringing you home to your authenticity. And I love that you brought up that example of like a lot of women in the past have let men walk all over them and they haven't had boundaries and you can have rules for yourself in terms of, okay, I know I used to do that and it didn't feel good. So now I'm going to put this rule in place for myself, because I know that this rule feels good to me. Like I know it feels good to me not to be the one to initiate a date with a man. Like I know that that feels good to me. I know it feels good to me not to be texting a man who never texts me back or like invest in a lot of texting when this man is not making himself available to actually date me. And so, yes, those are rules, but they're coming from a place of what feels good to you. And the interesting thing again, about how easy it is to get stuck in your head and want to follow kind of like just a step-by-step, like, tell me what to do to manifest my man, right? I think that women who have gone through different heartbreaks and trauma with love, they forget that often a big part of what was missing that led to those issues was a lack of connection to their feelings, a lack of connection to just paying attention to what feels good to them or not. I kind of hate the word unconscious, but for lack of a better term, it's like there was a level of being unconscious about what your threshold was and what your tolerance was. And, or maybe you did know that it felt horrible, but you didn't do anything about it. Or you waited way, way, way too long before you spoke up. And Mm -hmm. so there's really like two parts here. It's, it's having the practice of slowing down and paying attention to, okay, how does this feel? How does this feel? And like asking that question a million times a day if necessary. But this, the other part of it is, and now I get to act on my answer that I got. And I feel like some women might have an easier time with the taking action piece and others maybe an easier time with the tuning into how they feel, but you really need both. And you need to be able to clarify, okay, what is my alignment? Because what feels good to Chelsea or what feels good to Helena might be totally different than what feels good to you in a dating scenario or in a relationship. Mm. And so that's where it's a really slippery slope when women approach this work and they're putting rigid rules on themselves and trying to kind of follow a cookie cutter dating advice system, which I know neither right. one of neither one of us teach that. And that's why we're so aligned. But mm-hmm. it's about being authentic and it's it's about really owning what feels good to you and then having your own back by speaking up about that and taking action in alignment to what feels good to you. And I feel like you and I have talked about this in many episodes before, but that's really symbolic, not to open up a whole can of worms, but 
that ability to know what feels good to you and then act on it is really symbolic of your healthy inner masculine taking care of your inner feminine. And that gets reflected back to you in the type of man that you attract ultimately. That's just another reason why this is so powerful to pay attention to your own feelings. If you want a man who pays attention to your feelings and respects them, you have to first and foremost. And so, yeah, I'll pause there. (laughs) I know I'm rambling at this point. Oh, I just love everything you're sharing. That is so true. If you want someone to cherish and value your feelings and respect you, you have to do that for yourself first. I just think that's so great. And I love what you said about authenticity. If you're following some kind of cookie cutter set of rules or guidelines, it can come across as kind of stiff and inauthentic. And we all know if you're here, you know that what we teach is that the right person is going to be magnetized towards who you are. And like we mentioned, it is maybe helpful. Let's say I love giving real life examples. If historically you've always been the one to just throw your energy out towards a man, if you're always the one to initiate contact and set up plans and drive to him and pay for everything, and that's your tendency and it's gotten you nowhere in your love life and just led to disappointment and heartbreak, of course, that's when it's helpful to just bring it back to zero. That's what I was saying. Just practice leaning back, practice receiving a man's energy coming towards you, not the other way around and see how that feels. Feel the anxiety that comes up when there's that space there, when you haven't heard from him and you feel like you want to reach out and act out of that anxiety, but you don't. You sit with it and you focus on yourself and you get busy with something else maybe. And then the guy will show up if he's truly interested and he's the right man for you. That's when turning your patterns around can be really helpful. But once you've got that down and things are sort of functioning the way they're supposed to, then it's kind of like, forget the rules, just do whatever you want, right? Trust yourself, (laughs) trust your boundaries, trust that you're not going to put yourself in a situation where you might end up getting hurt. And then you can basically follow your impulses, follow what your intuition is telling you. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Do I have that right? Yeah, I, I love that example. And what we're talking about today is sort of like a higher level step. It's something that we get to refine and it's kind of like we graduate to that level at a certain point Mm -hmm. in our healing where we really can throw out any kind of rules and like go with what feels good. And I would like argue that in those moments, in that example of someone overextending themselves and paying for everything, if that person slows down and pays attention, they'll know, oh, this doesn't feel good to me. And so it kind of also does serve even before you've made a lot of changes. I think that it's just such a cool concept to, with everything that you do, play it out in your mind. Like, okay, if I pay on this date, how is that going to make me feel based on the level of which he's given to me so far? Mm -hmm. And I think it can support any stage that you might be in, in your work too. And at the same time, I totally get what you're saying that once you have some basic frameworks down, then it gets even easier to listen to this kind of way of approaching dating. I think it does get easier over time because you build self-trust over time. And especially if you've had these really deep patterns that have plagued you for a long time, then it can feel really scary to sit here and hear us tell you like, trust yourself. Cause you're like, but I don't trust myself yet. So I think right. it, I, I love that. I feel like I hear you acknowledging that it, that self-trust is not an overnight experience. And one thing on that note that I help women with who are in that transition of like, Oh, I don't trust myself yet is looking back at some of those traumatic experiences or just 
less than desirable experiences with men where you felt like you overinvested or you felt like, how did I not know he was so unavailable? Or how did I miss these red flags? You can look back and remember the intuitive nudges you were getting that this wasn't right. Something's not right. I don't think I've ever heard a woman tell me at this point when they're sharing with me a story like that, I've never heard a woman say like, oh, and I didn't know. It's like on some level, they always say they knew that something was wrong or something was off. And I know that that's not everyone's experience, but sometimes it can be empowering to build that self-trust now by looking at the past and remembering that there were nudges that you felt that like, "Mm, something's off or, ooh, I'm clearly not speaking up. I'm clearly not using my voice right now when I want to. And so it's kind of like taking the negative and turning it into a positive <laughs> when you look yeah, back. I love it. It's kind of like, oh, my intuition was right all along. I might not have followed it. I might have ignored I, the red flags because I didn't want them to be true, but my intuition was alerting me to something. I can trust that because that turned out to be pretty accurate, right? Right. And I know it sounds like it's really simple, but I think that there's such a healing in that of, oh, wow. Okay. Yes. I might feel like a failure in love at this point. I might feel like I have failed, but I really did know. I really did feel this and I really did sense that. And the benefit of where I bet most people are who are listening now is you have that hindsight and now you get to practice the next step, which is to act on those feelings, really acting on that. And that's one of the biggest parts of the work that I do with my clients is supporting them and following through is it's one thing to know what your intuition is saying and what you're feeling, but it's a whole other level of importance to actually follow through on that in how you interact with men while you're dating, right? How you express yourself and what you allow and what you don't allow. And then in relationship too, once you get into that relationship, it's this same muscle you get to flex over and over. I mean, even in my daily life, I ask myself, what feels good to me? Okay. I'm going to express that to my husband. Like this is a beautiful Mm -hmm. skill that will benefit everyone in their dream relationship for life. And I love how simple it is (laughs) ultimately. So great. I think that's so powerful. I would love to hear from everyone who's listening live. Have you had experiences like that? Or do you have any questions about your situation? I know it can be hard when you're the one in the situation, right? (laughs) You don't know what to do. I've definitely been there. Yeah. Let us know if this is resonating. And I love what you said, asking how it would feel. You get questions like, should I send a guy this text? Should I say this or that? And you say, how would that feel? One question I would have people ask themselves is what am I hoping will happen? (laughs) What am I hoping will happen? And if you can answer that really strongly, like, oh, I'm hoping he'll ask me out for the weekend. I'm hoping that he won't forget about me or that he'll just see how cool and what a great partner I would be. That's a clue that you're trying to make something happen. You're in your masculine energy. You might feel like you're just being really cool and nonchalant, but I think deep down, a lot of times we have an agenda, especially when we're not sure where things are going or we're feeling anxious, right? So what am I hoping will happen has been helpful. I see Alexandra in the chat. She said, I sometimes give guys a free pass because I like them so much and I'm so picky, even though my intuition tells me otherwise. Yeah, we've all been there, right, Chelsea? (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Alexander, for sharing that and your vulnerability. And I love the little emoji that she uses, even though Mm -hmm. my intuition tells me otherwise, like that's how it feels, that emoji. I love how you're talking about just noticing the subtleties of, okay, is there a secret motive behind what I'm sending here? Mm -hmm. I think that there's an attachment to the outcome, right? And I think that what Alexandra is expressing is similar, that 
giving a guy a free pass, even though you can sense that it's not right or that something's off, it's because there's an attachment to it working out with that guy, potentially not to put words in your mouth, Alexandra, but I feel like that could be one possibility that you or other women here could relate to. It's like, why do we ignore our intuition? It's because we're really trying to make something be something that it might not be. Mm. Yeah, I think bringing so much love and compassion to those parts of ourselves. I mean, this is just what I'm reading, but there's an attachment there when we're trying to make something happen or make something be what it's not, <laughs> you know, yeah. and move something forward. And we just really don't have to work so hard is what I would say to anyone who's experiencing that. That is the feminine energy piece of what if you were not responsible for making it happen? What if you didn't have mm. to... manipulate it. Or this is something too, that could be in the space for you guys is what if you didn't have to ignore your intuition and hopes that it's going to work out (laughs) kind of thing? Cause it feels in that moment we're disrespecting ourselves when we ignore intuition. It's kind of like we're, it's almost like we're with a partner and we're sharing how we feel. And he's just straight up rejecting how you feel. It's like, we're doing that to ourselves when we don't listen to our intuition. And so I think being with the idea of what if I did not have to override my intuition and I still got to have the exact love that I want and just breathing into that possibility because it is available for everyone here. (laughs) Yeah. And I just think we can all relate the guy who's really busy, for example, maybe he asks you out last minute and you rearrange your schedule because he's the guy you really like and you're probably not attracted to that many men, right? (laughs) We hear that all the time and we've been there too. So thank you so much for sharing that. I see another comment from someone who says, I'm 52 and my superpower is attracting men who are emotionally unavailable or they only want to control me. I don't want to use, nor do I use manipulation or ultimatums. It's difficult for me to not give, but I am learning to stop doing it. Yeah. What a great question. Well, it wasn't really a question. There was just a comment, but I know a lot of us can relate to that too. Chelsea, do you have any thoughts for someone who's attracting emotionally unavailable men? Yes. Thank you, Donna, for expressing that. I think a lot of women in our community relate to that. And from what I've seen, I wanted to speak into the last thing that she said really quick, which was, it's difficult for me, but I'm learning to stop doing it. There's so much power in that. I think that ultimately when it comes to breaking patterns that you've had for many years or even decades, it is going to be about practicing. I think it's really helpful not to expect an overnight mastery of this brand new way of being, right? So if you have a tendency to overgive, it's like noticing, okay, I feel like doing this. I feel like continuing to invest. So the way I would work through that is acknowledging that sensation coming up and taking a few deep breaths and then sinking deeper into what actually feels good to me though. And it might be uncomfortable. What feels good to you might actually feel extremely outside your comfort zone because it's so new, but then doing the best you can to take action based on that answer. And it's kind of like a muscle that you build in the gym, right? It's built slowly through lots and lots of practicing. And so that's how I see women break the pattern as you start practicing, really following through on what feels good to you. And I think for you, it's going to be a lot about having boundaries. Oh, you're so sweet, Don. I see your emoji. I think for you, it's going to be practicing stronger boundaries with what you give, right? And as you do that, 
just like we said earlier, your relationship with yourself gets stronger and stronger. And that starts to shift on the outside world that starts to shift the type of men you attract. So that's one way that I see it happen for a lot of women. In addition to like the inner child work and the mindset work and all the things you can do within yourself, I think dating is actually such a beautiful playing field, a a way to actually master dating as in not getting into committed relationships all the time with the wrong people, but actually dating and practicing, oh, that didn't feel good. Oh, this does feel good. Or no, I would not like to go on a second date with you. Or no, I'm not ready for intimacy, right? Actually dating multiple men and taking your time is a beautiful way to heal. It's really a place to master these new ways of being because you actually have to act. You actually have to use your voice. You actually have to set boundaries. And that's why I love the program that I've created that we'll talk about later too, but it's a safe space for you to practice and have support to guide you through that. I know that was a long tangent, but I'm curious. Oh, I agree with everything you said. And it just reminded me, we actually recorded a podcast episode together. It was called How to Have Chemistry and Commitment with the Same Man. You Don't Have to Settle, something like that. That's available on my podcast. It's also on my YouTube channel under the live tab. And that was about changing your patterns because you can actually change the kind of man you attract and are attracted to. Because Mm -hmm. if you're anything like I was, or so many women in my community, you might only be attracted to unavailable men too. You said those are the only men you attract. Typically, someone in that situation, if an available guy comes along, a securely attached ready for a relationship kind of guy. And he's pursuing you and interested in you and showing you with his actions that he's ready to move things forward. You might not be attracted to the men who are doing that right now. That's kind of the other side of the coin. So in that podcast episode, we talked about how to start to turn the pattern around. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. I was so caught in the throes of that. So yeah, you don't have to end up with some boring guy who's really into you, but you don't feel it for him. That's not the solution, right? You get to end up with someone who you're very attracted to and you also feel secure in the relationship, right, Chelsea? Yes. I'm so happy we recorded that and that you're remembering to mention it. I think that's going to be so helpful for you, Donna. And I agree. You really get to have it all. And I guess one thing I'll say on that is when we're attracting unavailable men, to me, there's a part of us that is still unavailable for what we really Mm -hmm. want is another way to say it. Donna says, I have settled too many times. Right. That gets to end here. I feel that ending for you, Donna. Thank you for your vulnerability. And so it's identifying like what part of me is unavailable or feels unsafe having everything that I want, having the physical attraction and the commitment. I think that we don't feel like we're the ones who are actually unavailable when we're in that pattern, but there is a level of that that can actually be really empowering to acknowledge and address with lots of love and compassion with everything, as with everything. Absolutely. I just love everything you're sharing about that, Chelsea. Yeah, I'll actually include a link to that episode we recorded together. I think it's about 30 minutes long, something like that, in the description of this one when I post the replay, because I think that one is so important. Alexandra says, this definitely resonates. Thank you. Angela says, I love this. I'm learning to unlearn patterns in my relationship. Yeah, this can definitely apply to relationships too. We can talk about that if anyone has any specific questions. I see another question from someone who says, how do we know what is intuition and what is trauma and anxiety? It's hard to differentiate. Mm -hmm. What a great question, Chelsea. I'm so curious if you have any thoughts on that one. 
Yeah. I mean, it is such a great question. I feel like I get that question a lot or sometimes people will say, what's the difference between intuition and fear? Fear, So I'm a big fan of, I guess, a step three with this whole process or to break it into three steps is, okay, asking the question, what feels good to me, slowing down long enough to identify the answer would be like a step two before step three is taking action on that. I would say if you're in a place where you have a really hard time distinguishing the difference, bless yourself with time versus trying to rush the decision. I think if you can slow down and get into a place where you feel genuinely calm, then asking that question will be helpful. And we could even reframe it to something like, I know I kind of said this earlier too, but if I were to choose this action, how will that make me feel a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? I think when we can kind of zoom out and look at what the potential impact will be of taking that action, whether it's the voice of fear or the voice of intuition, the ultimate outcome is not going to feel good if we're following the fear, we're following the trauma or the anxiety. It's going to maybe feel like we're trapped or that we're stuck in a cycle of not really being authentic, not really being seen, not really using our voice, right? So I think it's kind of realizing that when we're coming from trauma and anxiety, there's a level of comfort there. It might feel good to us on some level, but overall it doesn't because it's not in alignment with who we really want to be and what we really want to create. So that's another way to kind of zoom out is coming home to what is your vision? Who are you committed to being as a woman and in love? Who are you committed to being? And I think that those additional questions might help you distinguish the trauma response is not ultimately who I want to be, right? It's going to keep me quote unquote safe and possibly keep me in the wrong relationship or single just to give examples or to keep it simple. But yeah, I know I'm going totally on a tangent, Kena, but thank you for this question. I'm really curious if you're still here, how that felt for you. And if anyone else has any questions on that, I love all the questions coming live today. It's really, I know we have a lot today. I see another one. Hopefully that was helpful. Let us know. I thought that was a great answer to that, Chelsea. So someone else says, what are your thoughts about when a man comes on strong in the beginning? He texts a lot. I ask for space to decide if I want to go on another date. Although I feel like my intuition is telling me he is not my guy. Any thoughts there, Chelsea? Yeah. Okay. There's several things I want to say. (laughs) I'm trying to get through them. I love that you asked for space. You're kind of doing what what I just said of bless yourself with space and time long enough to sense what am I feeling? What is my intuition? I'm really grateful this is coming up organically because that is huge. I find that women are trying to rush themselves all the time. And it's like, if a man is putting pressure on you like that, that's a red flag for sure. So if he's not putting that pressure and it's just you putting that pressure, well, that also gets to be released. (laughs) So I love that you asked for that space. Another sort of pitfall, I want to make a distinction with this, is this whole concept of what feels good to me is not to be mistaken with is he the one? Yes or no? That's a whole other really, I think, important topic. Maybe you are getting that gut feeling of, no, it doesn't feel good to me to keep dating this man. Okay. But you could 
potentially be in a place where it's like, don't rush your clarity. Don't force your clarity. I think Helena and I have talked about this on this podcast as well. Like clarity is like a fruit that ripens on the vine. Like your clarity, your knowing of if a man is your man or not is a longer process or it could be a longer process. So we don't have to force ourselves to answer that question. We just have to pay attention to what feels good next. Like what feels good right now? And does it feel good to me to keep getting to know this person, right? Yes or no. Obviously I'm reading into it and I don't know exactly how long you've been dating this man. Maybe like it's felt good to get to know him over a period and now you're realizing you're no longer interested. In that case, obviously listen to your intuition, but deciding on if you want to keep getting to know a man or not is not you deciding, am I going to marry this man or not? So Mm. let's that pressure off. That was a long way of trying to get to that point. (laughs) There's a big difference there. We don't need to rush that decision. It's usually for a lot of women, when they're asking that question, it's not even really time yet to answer that question. They don't have enough information yet. And it's just not necessary. It's crazy that you started talking about that. It's like you literally read my mind. I was just going to say that I think a lot of people who are drawn to your work, specifically, Chelsea, we've talked about this in other episodes, are in the place where they want to rush clarity. Not saying that that's what this person is doing, but we can all relate to that, right? Wanting to know if someone's the one or not. So I thought those were great tips for anyone in that situation. She says, that makes so much sense. I probably need to give it more time to get to know him. He was very respectful when I asked for space. I was definitely getting ahead of myself there. Yeah, very, very common thing. We've all been there. And sort of along the lines of what you were just saying, Chelsea, I see another question from Elizabeth who says, I was dating a man and after some dates, it was clear he is not in alignment with me. I was honest with him and he texted me saying, nice men finish last. I told him it was not about him. He texted, if he was enough, I would want to be with him. It feels good to be honest with myself. I told him I was open to being friends. It's sort of what you were saying. Your intuition was telling you something. You were nice enough to be honest with him and not lead him on or use him for taking you out or anything he was giving to you. To me, the fact that he is responding with something like that and not letting it go, not just saying, thank you for your honesty. I wish you all the best. Doesn't feel great to me. To me, it's a sign that you definitely made the right decision. Chelsea, what are your thoughts on that? Totally. I mean, that just feels like he's taking it super personally and just making it unnecessarily awkward. I think it shows that he's emotionally a little immature, but I love that you were able to notice that you were not in alignment and then you acted on it. And that's what this is all about. It's doing that over and over and over and letting that be our dominant way of being or like our second nature. Let that become our second nature and practicing with any man, any person. (laughs) Let's not take things personally. Mm -hmm. But I think situations like this where it's kind of like, doesn't sound like you dated for very long. You don't really know him very well. And you kind of came to this realization pretty early on. We get to practice as women, not feeling responsible for a man's feelings or reactions I feel like several of my past clients have had this come up where they don't want to date at all because they feel like they're going to take on a man's feelings as their own responsibility, Mm -hmm. or then they start dating and then they don't want to speak up because they still have that issue that they get to work through of, okay, a man's emotions and reactions are not our responsibility and not taking that on, not feeling guilty for not wanting to keep seeing him. I don't feel like you're dealing with this, Elizabeth, but it sparked that 
idea. And I know that there's other women who struggle with that. Definitely. Um, Yeah. It's a real people pleasing tendency. Like I don't want to hurt his feelings and maybe I should give it a chance. And really, you know, deep down that this is not in alignment with what you want. I mean, we're all adults here. We know that not every single person we go on a date with is going to be the right person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Right. And I think most men in their empowered masculine energy totally appreciate you not stringing him along and just being straightforward like that. That was a really courageous, amazing thing to do. I mean, I would appreciate that from a man if I was single rather than someone just saying, Oh, I'm busy. I'll get back to you and sort of fizzling out or ghosting and just sort of leaving. You didn't do that, which is great. So I would feel great about that and not feel bad or try and take care of his feelings. doesn't sound like you are, but I know a lot of people worry about that. I did too when I was single. Uh, Kana mm-hmm. wrote back in and said, still here. Thank you. Similar to what you're talking about. Now the guy is coming on super strong and I'm worried he's love bombing me, trying to slow things down, but also don't want to smother his affection. And I'm really into him. She also says, mm-hmm. we could really be aligned. Don't really want to date other guys and see if things work out with him. He wants to settle down, worried he'll lose interest fast Mm. though. Oh, that's such a great point. It goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of this episode. What are your thoughts on this one, Chelsea? I know it can be easy to fear losing a guy if we don't show the right amount of interest or agree to be exclusive exactly when he wants to. I would love to hear any thoughts on this one. Thank you for sharing that, Kena, and we feel you. And this is definitely a challenging thing, but it is an opportunity to practice exactly what we're talking about. This is where it becomes so practical and necessary. So when you identify what feels good to you, which it sounds like is you moving at a slower pace, but also it sounds like there's more like what else feels good to you right now? Is it that you only date each other, but that you move slower? Is it that you still want to date other men and get to know him better before you commit? You getting clear on that without letting yourself be swayed by his desires is going to be really, really important. And then how he responds to you expressing what feels good to you is also going to be really important. It's going to show you what kind of man he is, because I genuinely feel that empowered masculine energy. They really want us to be comfortable and they would never want to bulldoze over what we're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. That would be signs of an unhealthy man. And so you get to be so grounded in what feels good to you. And I mean, this is, this is challenging in dating in general is like being willing to walk away. If he's not going to honor and respect your pace, that feels good to you. Because if you were to override that and like, you're going to get off on the wrong foot, you're going to build an unstable foundation for that relationship is what I would say. Definitely. I love what you said. The right guy will want to go at the pace you're comfortable with. He won't want to try and rush things. And if you're worried, it might be love bombing. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel. It's under the live tab as well. It's called how to know if he's falling in love or love bombing you something like that. It's the only video I have on that topic. If you just want to search for Helena Hart love bombing, it should probably pop up and it really, really breaks it down, but also just time letting the time go by, making sure his words and actions still line up a few more months down the line can be helpful rather than trying to figure out right now if he's the one. Cause like Chelsea said, if you're asking that question, it's probably not time for you to know that yet. Right. Yes. It's a great way to say it. Yes. If you're asking that question, is he the one you're not supposed to know yet? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because when it's time to know it'll, the answer will be crystal clear. And 
Yeah. Let's all raise our standards around men and like expecting that they want to honor us. It is they're they're motivated to make us comfortable and protect us. And that's the standard. And if you are ever feeling unsafe, that's a sign, you know, that's your body telling you something's not right. Yeah. And so Kana, I think using your voice is really important at this time, using your voice and telling him really what your boundaries are. And when you have conversations like that, because I know you said we could be really aligned. I know Helena and I have talked about this in the past, but you can say something like just starting it off with affirming how how much you're enjoying getting to know him and how you really love your conversations or you really love spending time with him and you're really looking forward to continuing. And I'm really wanting to go slow. Going slow looks like this to me and then be specific, right? And I'm just wondering if that's something that you can align with or you can, I don't even, you, you put it in the words that make sense for the context, but like, I'm wondering what you think about that, right? So you can always start with, just sharing how you genuinely feel about him. If you are really interested, you can be warm and let him know that and then state what feels good to you and what that looks like. Love it. So great. Thank you so much. That was perfect, Chelsea. I actually recorded a podcast episode last week with a good friend of mine, another Mm -hmm. coach, and I'll be posting it on my podcast probably within the next few weeks. And he has just gotten into a new relationship with someone who wanted to take it really, really slow in terms of anything physical, in terms of getting exclusive. And he really highlighted in that episode, it just kind of came out, we weren't planning on talking about that, that the right guy will absolutely wait and want to honor that and want to keep getting to know you and how it's actually exciting for a guy if he truly feels like you're aligned to honor that boundary and really take it slow if that's what you want to do. It was such a perfect example of that. So look out for that episode. I'll be posting that on my podcast soon. So that's amazing for us to hear a man's perspective. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for that for everyone. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't know what the title of that one's going to be yet, but it was with Mike Goldstein, my good friend and fellow coach. It was so amazing to hear from a man's perspective, how he actually enjoyed taking it slow, even though that isn't what he was used to. So it was a little uncomfortable for him, but they talked about it and it really brought them closer and everything is just working out so well with the two of them. So I was so thrilled to hear that. That might be helpful to hear for anyone who's anxious and feeling like they need to go at a man's pace because you might lose him if you don't do that. Right. And I just see one more question from someone who says, what is the difference between a real clear intuition and a fear-based on an old unresolved pattern. We talked about that a little bit earlier in this episode, Mm -hmm. but do you have anything else to say on this one, Chelsea, maybe about the difference of how it will feel to you or the results you'll get? Anything else you have to say on this one? I feel like I definitely would recommend listening to when I answered Kena's other question, she had asked, how do we know what is intuition and what is trauma and anxiety? I think that it's, yeah, I, I might be repeating myself a little bit, but I would say, slowing down. Right. So I think when we're having that challenge of like, what do I feel? It's like, just give ourselves a little bit of time to get calm or even neutral, whichever one (laughs) comes first, but just that place of where you're not triggered in the moment. And then you can Mm -hmm. be more objective and you can kind of sense, I just really love coming back to this, like, okay, let's, let me play out in my mind or play out how it feels in my body all the different scenarios of what my options are. <laughs> like if I were to follow this path, how would that feel? If I were to follow this path, how would that feel? And again, what am I committed to? Like, what is my vision for who I want to be and the kind of love I want to create? And 
does that feel aligned with that vision or not? Because fear and unresolved patterns will never feel aligned with what your vision actually is. It just won't connect. So I think having a specific example, I could speak more clearly into it, but I hope that that helps Alexandra. And I think when we're feeling like an old familiar fear, I feel like a lot of you have done a lot of work on yourselves and you know what your patterns are. And I think when that, when one of those patterns is coming up, there's a familiarity there and that can help too. It's like, Hmm, like this is familiar. (laughs) That's a cue that this is my pattern coming up versus a true aligned intuitive feeling. I think that's so great. She wrote back in. She said the familiarity is key indeed. Thank you. Yeah. I think I've heard other people say that when it's your intuition, it's emotionally neutral. If it's a fear-based response or if it's coming from an old pattern, you'll feel triggered. I think you mentioned that, Chelsea. Right. Like you'll that's feel to see it. right, fight or flight, or you'll feel like you need to act on it right now. You'll wow. feel a sense of urgency. Whereas if it's your intuition, it's more of a clear, emotionally neutral. I think yeah. I heard someone describe one. I don't know if anyone's old enough to like the old radio dials on your car back before everything was digital, right? If you're like tuning it to hear the right station, there's like a lot of noise and you finally hit on the right station. All of a sudden that fuzzy background noise goes away and it's just clear. That would be your intuition versus the noise of the static, the spinning thoughts, the triggered emotions and things like that would be more coming from a fear-based or unresolved pattern like this question said. So maybe that was helpful too. And I think that's the last question I see. This just flew by, Chelsea. Did you get to talk about everything you had prepared for today? Um, I know we had so many questions come through. I got through the bulk of it. And I I think it would be fun if we had a few extra minutes to just share a little bit of how you and I both didn't follow the rules in our love stories, if we had time for it. I know you're feeling sick, but I did get through everything else that I wanted to and more with these amazing questions. And I'm so perfect. Yeah. And so I think you had three steps (laughs) at the end, right? You said, oh, here's the third one. So maybe we can recap that. But yeah, I would love to give some examples. I know we only have about nine minutes left. I don't want to keep you too long either. The first one that comes to mind for me is, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when I met my husband, we had two dates, just sort of regular dates where he, we lived about 45 minutes or an hour away, but he drove to my area. We met for dinner and had drinks or dessert after they were sort of longer dates because he was driving far and we were having a good time together. So anyway, we had two dates and nothing had really progressed obviously too far yet. And then COVID hit basically and everything shut down, like all the restaurants, all the bars, movie theaters, everything. Everyone probably remembers that at the beginning of 2020. And so for the third date, he actually came over to my place. I invited him to come to my place, which I would not normally recommend. That's probably against all of the rules, but I I didn't know what else to do. And I really trusted him. He had been a total gentleman up until that point. And my intuition was right on about that. It didn't send the message that I wanted to hook up because he was picking up on who I was too. He knew that that wasn't what I was looking for. I wasn't just looking for something casual. And so it, I think it's funny to think back that far now. <laughs> yeah. He came over to my place. I think we like went on a walk around where I lived. We ordered takeout and we just kind of had the date over at my place. And so there's probably so many other examples, but that's the first yeah. one that came to mind. I'd love to hear any examples you had, Chelsea. Oh my God. I love that. I love that so much. And I love 
how you said you had already shared what you were available for and what you weren't. So you were so transparent from the beginning, which again, is that authenticity piece that we're talking about. And that's why it so goes hand in hand with listening to your intuition. If you've been authentic from the beginning, that sets you up to really be able to follow this practice of trusting your intuition. So just wanted to highlight that for everyone. I love that. So for me, I know I have a very crazy story with how I met my husband, but I'll just share part of it briefly. But I met my husband in France when I was traveling and I met him in a tiny little town of a hundred people. And I wasn't searching for my person. I had just claimed that I wanted to meet my guy or like I wanted to have that epic romance. And Long story short, I, you know, was there for two weeks and we bonded in a really deep way. I didn't see him for two years, but I had had such a strong connection with him in those first two weeks. And I just trusted him so deeply as well, even though it didn't make any logical sense. And we had during the two years after where I didn't see him and I was back in the US and he was still in France, we had Skype. Back then that was the thing was Skype. We had Skype several times, but maybe less than a dozen times. And then I ended up back in France and I was reunited with him. And this is the big step that I wanted to highlight. The rule that I broke was I basically moved in with him for a month. (laughs) Like I basically stayed with him for a month. And it was just Every single decision that I made with him was this gut feeling. And so at that point, I technically had known him for two years, but had spent all of two weeks with him before. So that is not something that I like brag about, but that's legitimately what happened. And we've been together ever since then. I think we've been together nine years now. Yeah, nine years over summer. Wild. Exactly. And so after I stayed with him for a month in Europe, and then we got married like nine months later, also another crazy thing is getting married that quickly. So this is what happens when you have a clear connection to your intuition and you are claiming what you really want and you're standing by that. It'll guide you exactly to where you need to be. I love it. It just reminded me, I don't think I ever told you this, Chelsea. I remember when I announced that Tom had proposed back in 2020, same year we met, actually, some comment on YouTube was like, no thanks to getting engaged that fast. You have to know someone at least a year or something like that. Let's see if they're still together a year from now. And I think about that person like probably a few times a year. And I'm like, I should go find that comment and let them know how I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, I get that though. Like if you haven't been with the right person, if all you've ever been with are people that end up disappointing you, you might think I've set these rules up. Now, does that mean that you have to know whether or not a man is the one within the first nine months? No, it means that you get to follow your path. If you don't know after the first few months, that doesn't mean something's wrong, right? It's about trusting yourself that every relationship is so unique. It's all so different. And if you trust yourself, then you're going to allow things to unfold the way feels right to you, right? That's such a beautiful reminder. Thank you for making that distinction. I think we can hear these amazing love stories. And then like, I always say this, like the caveat is when I tell this story that I met my husband in a village of a hundred people, women are like, okay, I'm going to go to Europe. That just confirms that I should, I should go to Europe and I should look for my husband. I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like I did not go there to find him. That's the opposite energy. (laughs) 
It's so <laughs> true. Yeah. Or I hear from people say, what app did you meet your husband on? Exactly. Every app I go on is full of losers and narcissists and men who just want to hook up. And I'm thinking it doesn't matter what app you go on with that mindset. You're not, you could go on Bumble, the app we met on and attract losers and narcissists, everything you're describing, because that's what you're emotionally engaging with. That's with your energy and your vibe and your expectations. That's where those things are at. So Tiffany says, wow, so true. I heard some dated for seven years and ended then some date a few months and last so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. You know, you hear people that got married within 30 days and they've been married 40 years and you hear people who (laughs) date for like 17 years, get married and then break up the next year. It's just every situation Mm -hmm. is so unique. That's kind of the theme of this whole episode is that there is no one size fits all advice right? Your path is so, so unique. And I think that's where getting some personalized help. If you do have questions about your situation can be super helpful. Chelsea, we'll talk about your free consultation call in a minute, but is there anything else you want to say on this topic? Or do you want to recap these three points that you shared here today? Yeah, let's recap. And I know they're so simple, but, and we talked about so much, but I love having those little tidbits and making it simple. So the first step is asking yourself, what feels good to me? That's the question. What feels good to me? We gave some other examples throughout the episode of other questions that are kind of offshoots of that. But the most important thing to do is to tune into how you feel and asking that question. And step two is giving yourself enough space and time to be calm enough to hear the answer. And like Helena said, letting the trigger pass, right? Letting the storm, if there is a trigger, if there is fear coming up, that's kind of like a storm. It needs to clear out of the sky. And then it's that sun shining down again. And it's like, oh yeah, that's my, that's my answer. So step two is after you ask the question, be patient and distinguish, making sure you're distinguishing fear from intuition. And then the third step and final step is to act on that answer. And yeah, make sure that you're speaking in alignment with that answer and you're acting in a way in alignment with that answer. And that's really going to guide your steps. Yeah. And I know that that's what Helena and I both did to manifest our men and our relationships. So we're super excited for you to simplify everything and follow this. I love that. Thank you so much for recapping that. We did cover so much today and this just completely flew by, which I wasn't expecting based on how I'm feeling, but this was so much fun. It's like, I forgot I was sick in this last hour. So thank you so much, Chelsea, and for everyone who was here. And the first link in the show notes is where you can find the link to book a free consultation call with Chelsea if you are interested in private coaching. Is there anything else you want to say on that? I'm just so excited to connect with any of you who are interested in that. And my program, The Feminine Way to Ravishing Love, is like my baby. And I pour my heart and soul into that. The pillars are totally in alignment with what we talked about today. It's really about empowering you to trust yourself and finding your unique path to love and being completely authentic, open-hearted, vulnerable, and treating yourself the way you want a man to treat you. And so anyways, I provide tons and tons of support for you in that program. And I'm so excited to connect with you one-on-one to see if we would be a fit for working together and see how, how I can support you. Amazing. Thank you so much for offering that. I know there have been so many women, so many success stories that you've told me about women going through that program. So it's really helpful to get support if you're at that place where you don't really trust yourself. Or like I said, when you're the one in that situation, it can be so hard to decide, like, is this the right move? Where I think rather than just giving you the answer, you help people trust themselves and get to the place where they 
basically don't need us anymore, <laughs> which yeah. I actually love, right? I know. So yeah. It's the program to manifest the love that you've been wanting. That's in, in a way that is fun and authentic and way easier than I than it has ever been before for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank that you. sounds so great. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I'll also include a link to that other episode we talked about in the show notes when the replay of this posts. If you're listening to the replay and you'd like to join me for my live broadcasts, I go live every other Friday at two o'clock PM Pacific time, five o'clock PM Eastern time. It's totally free. You can type your questions into the chat like the ladies did today. You can call in, talk to us personally. It's so much fun. So user-friendly. So I'll include a link to download the Bullhorn podcast app. That's where I go live every other week. So thank you so much, everyone. And Chelsea, thank you again. I had a blast with you today. I feel so much better. And I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you so much. Me too. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Have a great weekend. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.